1: Welcome into a Monday edition of the Rotowire Fantasy Basketball Pod. Nick Whalen, Alex Barutha, back with you. Uh, it's been a couple of weeks, Alex, since we've been on our normal schedule. Obviously, we had the Christmas holiday. We had New Year's Eve last Monday, uh, but we are back. We should be pretty much on the same rotation going forward. And we're almost at the halfway point now, all of a sudden, in the NBA season. And we're kind of right in the thick of the halfway point, even though we're not at the 41 game mark in the fantasy season uh with with most leagues you know ending a couple weeks before the regular season ends as always on Mondays we'll go through news from the weekend look ahead to to the week ahead of us obviously uh we got a couple of teams with a one game week Alex kind of a disaster scenario uh there's a game going on in France for some reason um I I don't know why that is happening but it is uh so if you you know have have players on the what is it Cavaliers who else is, is on the the two game week uh I thought it was the Nets Nets, I believe. Yes, yeah, we're sending the the Cavs and the Nets over to Paris. So that'll be on Thursday, uh, right around two p.m. Eastern, I believe. But disaster scenario, uh, if you have McCall Bridges or um, you know Donovan Mitchell, any of those guys. I mean, what what do you do in this in this situation? Is there are there enough three game teams this week? Because there aren't there aren't a ton of four game weeks. It's relatively balanced. But you know, is is there is there a league size or a situation in which you still start someone like Bridges?
2: Well, I have Jared Allen in our sixteen. Maybe that's a better one. Stake league, but I I'm just going to start Gafford because he has three games. Um, I mean, if a guy has a one-game week and someone else on your roster who plays the same position as three, it's almost a guarantee that the, the mm. it, you basically have to play the guy with three games. Um, so that's why I'm going to do. It's just kind of unfortunate that you you know are in the situation.
1: Growing the game, man. Uh, mm-hmm. There are pluses, there are minuses. I, I think they,
2: the they, they couldn't send Wemba and Yama back over there yeah, for right. fun? Like, I don't...
1: That is strange. I yeah, I don't... Usually there is some connection that you could trace, right? And, you know, unless something super obvious is slipping my mind, like, is there is there anybody or, like, any, you know, front office member for either of these franchises
2: that... You know, Jay-Z's, you know, the, with, the, 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 Jay-Z's with the Nets. He did that particular song about Paris. That's right. Um, that's you know, right. That's is it. he still in the, the Nets? Didn't he have to look at it? D- uh, I actually don't know if he has like even a small percent of the Nets uh, okay. at all. I don't know.
1: That's right. People forget that uh, that song regarding Paris. We'll, we'll leave it at that. <laughs> um, we'll get into live listener, live viewer questions, as we always do later in the pod. So feel free to throw those in the chat. We will hit those rapid fire style. As we go along, uh, we're going for about 45 minutes to an hour, depending on how many questions we have. Uh, We'll we'll go through some news, Alex, and then talk some waiver wire as well. Uh, A a lot of kind of nicks and cuts type of injuries this weekend. You know, guys who are entering the week day to day. uh, Like, for example, the Milwaukee Bucks are on a four game week. Damian Lillard is out due to a personal matter tonight against Utah. I am terrified to lock him into my lineup and maybe only get one or two games when you know you got I think 12 teams on a on a four-game week Uh, Jason Tatum you know he's going to miss a game to begin the week as well that there are a bunch of those types Zion Williamson uh you know on that list as well
2: yeah again you you said it tons of uh bumps and bruises it wasn't even I it was hard to do waivers this week for that particular reason because it's like well I could I could pick this guy up but is the guy a heck of him? Really, even gonna miss that much time? Like you have, right. you know, DeAndre Ayton, for example, who I have on a team. It's just like I don't know when he's coming back. It could, could be as soon as next game. Which is like, who knows? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's just mostly annoying from a fantasy standpoint.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm just I'm just annoyed. I'm annoyed just, right now. Uh, and you're totally right. I mean, I'm annoyed with Damian Lillard's performance, even when he's healthy and on the floor, right? I mean, that's that's something I, w- I want to hit on. Uh, It is, you know, obviously it's been affecting Milwaukee in real life. They've been on a bit of a slide. You know, Giannis called out the equipment manager over the weekend. (laughs) He's got to step it up. Um, I saw somebody quote tweet that with Fidacis implying that he is the equipment manager, which was very funny and also accurate. Um, But but Damian Lillard is, is part of the issue here. Obviously, Milwaukee still struggling in transition. Uh, you know, still still struggling on defense in general, and and Giannis is having an otherworldly season. Like he's been the one constant, even when they're losing to Indiana and you know struggling to beat San Antonio. It's it's Lillard, it's some of the other role players who are struggling, but Giannis has been ultra ultra consistent. He's been fantastic this season. Whereas you know you look at the last two weeks, Damian Lillard is like barely a top fifty fantasy asset in that time. And if you, if you go by per game value, he's actually outside of the top fifty.
2: Yeah, Bucks are three and four. Over their past seven games. Um, you mentioned it with Lillard, man. He's shooting twenty-six percent from three over his past eight games. You know, that's really dragging also down his field goal percentage and his yep, obviously his three pointers made and that the combination of things is like when a guy who's a high volume scorer also goes on a three point slump, it it brings down three categories. It brings down your your yep. total threes, your field goal percentage, and your points. So it kills you in fantasy. Um, but yeah, I mean, Giannis Giannis has continued to play. At an MVP level, um, just kind of fighting through it game after game, back-to-back 40-point performances. Yep. Uh, he's, he's just a monster, man. So there's a report over the weekend, you
1: know, that Milwaukee probably won't be in the mix for anything too major, you know, as far as the trade deadline is concerned. And, you know, that's not surprising, right? Because do they have the assets to go after anybody major? I don't know. I don't think so. Do they have the cap room, you know, to – it sounds like, you know, Zach Levine is just going to be, like, auctioned off for free – <laughs> whoever's willing to take that contract. But I don't know if Milwaukee's even interested in that. So, you know, Alex Caruso was the name that was brought up as a target. I think there's going to be like 10 teams vying for Alex Caruso. And look, I, I love Caruso. I think the Lakers were, were stupid to let him walk in the first place. He might like, if he goes for two first, is that going to be like the lowest profile player ever to, to fetch two first round picks?
2: It, uh, it might be, you know, they're going to be, they're going to be bad first round picks, obviously. But, uh, yeah, at the same time, um, look, he's never healthy either. Mm -hmm. Like, he can barely stay off the injury report. That would be my concern if I was some team training for him, which is like, we're going to get him in the building and it's going to be good. But, like, is he even going to be healthy in the playoffs and we give up two first-round picks for that? I think there are other guys, um, probably not as good as Caruso, but I think there are other guys you could get into the business of if you're Milwaukee. Like, you can't take a chance on, like, DeLon Wright um, the, you tell me Portland wouldn't be interested in like you know Matisse Thybul maybe uh, giving him up. I think I think there are some names out there where you know you might be able to sort of pivot off of Caruso.
1: You know, somebody who was uh, I'm just trying to use a or find a reason to use this word bandied about uh, on Buck's Twitter over the weekend was Malcolm Brogdon. Uh, you know, obviously that comes with a cost. I believe he has another year in his contract beyond this one. I don't think he's expiring, so. I don't, you know, I'd have to look into how realistic that is and, and what you're sending out cap wise. But I, on paper, I don't mind it. I have no idea if Malcolm Brogdon would ever play for the Bucks again, the way that that ended. But in in terms of you know, kind of kind of aiming relatively low, finding a guy that that's likely to be traded, doesn't really fit in with the direction of his team, and meets what the Bucks need, I, I think that one would would make a lot of sense. With, before you start looking into all the cap stuff,
2: I, I just. My, my main issue with grabbing Brogdon is the Bucs don't need more offense. The Bucs are a good offensive team. You know, Chris Middleton is back up to playing 30 minutes. The numbers with Giannis, I actually looked this up today. Uh, Giannis, Middleton, and Lillard is plus 14 per 100 possessions. When those guys are on the court, there's no problems. Uh, the, a lot of the problems just come from defense. So Brogdon doesn't solve your defensive problem just from a talent, uh, talent, talent standpoint uh i think you could get him and it's fine but again to me i would rather i would rather chase after someone who mm-hmm. is a proven either backcourt or wing defender um not not making fun of your your
1: misspeaking there but i do i need you to say on thursday on the xm show my my wonderful co-host to my love and respect jeff erickson uh, said daily fantasy instead of daily fantasy, <laughs> and it is it's, that's awesome. <laughs> it's not left my head since then, uh, and I'm, I'm sure I've I've made my fair share of, of those type of mistakes. But um, no, you're right about that. I mean, Brogdon in, in some ways, you know, wouldn't I don't think would just instantly solve all the the Bucks issues. But I mean, what realistically, like what type of player, whether it's a certain name or a position, a size, you know, like what what is missing right now? Because it's it's really hard to say, like you know, why, why are they struggling so much with transition defense? I mean, obviously, you know, Brooke Lopez is somewhat of a plotter, but this is not like it's been a, a massive glaring issue for Milwaukee to this degree in the past.
2: Yeah, the transition defense thing is tough. Um, you know, I, some of what makes, like, a, a really key part of transition defense or, or something that can make uh, your transition defense better it's it's interesting because if you have a floor spacing center, he can be at the top of the three point line a lot and then when the other team starts going, he can be back at the rim faster and protect the rim. It should work with Milwaukee but it doesn't. Um I don't know. I to me some of this is like uh, the the Bucks they just don't they don't their defensive rebounding is not that good this year. They're a very average mm-hmm. defensive rebounding team. They're they're 20, they're uh 14th in defensive rebounding. And when you have Giannis and Lopez out there, it's like, those guys should be grabbing every rebound. And if you can't grab defensive rebounds, you know, transition isn't good. You can't grab offensive rebounds. Transition isn't good. They're not a good offensive rebounding team either. And then they also don't force any turnovers on defense. Like, those are their main problems right now is they don't force the other team to give up the ball, and they don't crash the boards that well. And um, you just end up losing the possession game a lot.
1: Bucks were third in defensive rebounding percentage a season ago. And, you know, I, I think some people would say, well, Brooke Lopez, you know, he's not a great rebounder. He doesn't, you know, maybe that's a, a negative in that regard, but he's not a high rebound player, but he's still like a plus in that regard. Like, I, I think he's clearing guys out. He's just not necessarily grabbing the boards himself. And, and, like you said, when you have those two out there, not that many teams are playing, you know, 7 1 Giannis, 7 1 Brooke Lopez, players like that in the front court anymore. Like, there's no reason you should be middle of the pack in that stat.
3: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and NA member FDSE. We mentioned
1: Chris Ball. Uh, that's the the big kind of long-term injury coming out of the weekend. He is expected to undergo surgery at some point in the next few days. Looks like he will miss somewhere in the, the range of four to six weeks. So on the low end, you know maybe he's back right before the all-star break. I think the way this lines up, you probably give him the all-star break and, and hope that you can get him back around February 22nd, 23rd, somewhere in that range.
2: Yeah, I think so. Um he missed his first game. Was that yesterday? That was yesterday against Toronto. Yep. Uh Warriors got beat 133 got to 118. They they got crushed. Um, that was at home too, right? Yeah. Toronto, um, Toronto yeah.
1: jumped out to like a 15 20 point lead early and it was basically over.
2: Yeah. We haven't really talked about that trade, you and I, uh, Nick's Raptors have, that yeah. much. I, I really like it for Toronto, but it is kind of interesting how uh, you know, before they were trying something so like they would Siakam at center and they were doing a bunch of these four, you know, playmaking forwards, and then they're like, you know what? Yakub Purgle at center, Emmanuel quickly at point guard. Things are just yeah. we're just in a normal NBA roster now. Um and they're playing well. But so we so we saw some minutes uh in this Warriors game. Moses Moody basically was like the main beneficiary played 22 minutes after playing six, the previous game and then not playing before that. Mm -hmm. Um, kind of TBD on whether he can do that much. We've just, Moody's just been one of those guys we've seen flashes from ultimately. And so I don't think he's in. he's just not someone to add in fantasy. Like he had 21 points in 22 minutes. That's great. Like, but is he ever, he only had three rebounds, one assist. Like all he's going to do is shoot threes. If he's playing 22 minutes, Mm. he's not going to give you that much.
1: I mean, he went seven of nine from the field, four or six from three last night. You know, that's just not how it's normally going to go. It was just a weird game from Golden State all around. You know, Wiggins, no-showed again, only played 17 minutes. Curry, 0 of nine from beyond the arc. That's what, second time in a month that that's happened. Like, Clay's really the only guy who showed up in the starting lineup. He had 25, five three-pointers. Trace Jackson Davis looked okay, but a lot of that ended up coming in garbage time. Uh, yeah, I mean the Warriors are, are obviously in trouble here. I mean the last thing they needed was to lose, you know, another key piece like Chris Paul. But you know, from a fantasy perspective, I, I think it, it gives more of a boost to Pajemski if anything yeah. else. And and he was awful yesterday. You're just gonna have to live with these, you know, two for 11, one of eight from three type of games. You know, with, with with a rookie, you know, a guy who wasn't necessarily expected to be a big time contributor this season. But to me, he probably gets the biggest boost over the next five or six weeks. We, we could do a little uh, Toronto New York trade talk because you're right. I think you and I have talked about it. Uh, you know, on, on the RotoWire NBA show over on Sirius XM NBA. We've talked about it on the XM fantasy show as well. Um, but, you know, we, we haven't done this pod together in a couple of weeks. I, I love this for quickly. I think that's been kind of the resounding yeah. opinion. And, you know, the numbers look pretty good. He's played four games now with Toronto. He's also not shooting the ball well at all. And he's, he's still averaging 17 points a game. He's taking a ton of shots. He's playing more minutes. He's shooting 39% only from the floor. Uh, you know the three point shooting has been better. You know he's five of his last 16, but he, he started off hot in Toronto still over 40% in those last four games. I I think he could be, you know, probably not 36 minutes a night, but 32, 33 minutes and you know if you extrapolate out, you know what his numbers have been not only this season but the last couple of years in New York. I mean, going from 23, 24, 25 minutes off the bench at best on a lot of nights, sometimes fewer, to now seemingly being locked into this 30 plus minute role. I, I think he's going to be a monster going forward. I mean, the assists have, have been the number one thing. And he also, he's just a bigger guy than I realized. Like I've watched a few of these Toronto games. Like he, he looks, he does not look like a point guard. Like he, he has the size almost of, of a, more of a shooting guard, small forward type. Like he's, he's bigger. He's, he's added weight. I feel like he's like grown an inch or two since coming into the league. He used to be so slight during those early days with the Knicks, but he's, he's rebounding well. He's obviously going to be a high volume three-point shooter. And I think he's very easily, you know, top 100, top 75 type of guy the rest of the way, if not higher. I mean, what, what kind of ceiling are we looking at if the shot starts to come around? You know, if he can shoot 43, 44%, even instead of 38, 39.
2: Yeah, I'd have to, there, there's an easy way to like find out. You know, we he started a stretch of games last year. Um, We could always just like extrapolate that out. But I will say just in these four, since January 1st, since the new year, it's obviously a small sample size, but he ranks 62nd. Yep. And like you said, he has room to grow in terms of his field goal percentage. I think his passing numbers are legit. I mean, per 36 minutes for his career, he's basically been like a very steady, you know, 20 points, five assists. Um, And I think that can even increase uh, a bit because he's now he's a legitimate starter uh, in Toronto where he is effectively the third option there uh, behind Siakam and Scotty Barnes, um, especially as a playmaker. You know, there's going to be a lot of nights where I think Barrett scores more than him, but quickly is asked to be a playmaker. Uh, so I think I, he should yeah. be able to retain. I'd be shocked if the rest of the year, like from here on out, he didn't finish top 75.
1: Yeah, I, I think he could even knock on the door of, of top 50. That might require a Pascal Siakam trade, which I think is very possible. You know, we got that report. I think it was Saturday from Shams that it was like, like hours after there were rumors that the Kings were engaged. It was like the Kings have now backed off. And i like, right. all right, I, I believe it, I guess. But I don't think the door is necessarily slammed shut on that. Obviously, I think other teams will be in the mix. I know Dallas has been mentioned as a destination. I, I think that would make a lot of sense for the Mavs. I don't know what they're sending back to Toronto I, in that deal, but
2: I will say I actually i I really don't like Siakam to, to Sacramento. I know the the deal is dead; like it's not going to happen. But like to me, that I hate the fit. Uh, I don't Why think you that? can put like he he can't shoot threes, so you are going to have him and Sabonis on the court at the same time. Teams are going to play like a three two zone against you or a two three zone against you
1: counterpoint he doesn't know that he can't hit threes he will he will <laughs> take threes at least he's he's shot them horrendously so far this year uh but I, I don't know Like he's still somebody that you you can't just completely leave him right i mean on the season he's at 29 percent. last year 32 and a half year before that 34 you know he's been a 35 36 percent shooter from three he's, in the past but we're talking 2019
2: he's better lately i mean if you just grab his last was this 15 games uh, he's shooting 46% from three. It's only on three attempts, though. Yeah. I just, to me, I just think they they need, like, defenders. The, to me, I, w- I wanted them to be the OG Ananobi team. Sure. You know, I, I wondered if they would consider moving, like, trading Keegan Murray for OG Anganobi. They probably don't feel like that's worth it. Um, But, yeah, to me, Siakam is just too... Sh- I, th- I feel like in the playoffs, teams would just leave him, just leave him completely open and Sabonis, and then yeah. it, I just don't think it would work.
1: Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, I also think Siakam's shorts are too long. He needs to oh. he needs to shorten them up. He's like he's kind of one of the, the last guys who's who's still wearing shorts that are like down the knee. Um, just something to mind. With, f- something to keep an eye yeah, on. Yeah, I gotta find these highlights. Well, I, oh, yeah, I think part I of it is he wears stuff. he wears like the tights that are always the same color as the shorts. Maybe it just blends together. It's just just something I've noticed. Yeah, I think he could go a size down and, and maybe that would help him out. Uh, quickly, by the way, twenty one starts for the Knicks last season. He did average almost 39 <laughs> minutes a game. Uh, hat tip to, to Tibbs on that one. So take these with a grain of salt. But in those 21 starts, 22.6 points, 5.4 boards, 5.1 assists, 1.2 steals, 47% from the field, 40% from three, 3.2 uh, made threes per game. And he's also a great free throw shooter, you know, who, who's starting to get there a little bit more. I mean, he's you know mid to high 80s. So uh, in category leagues, that's a pretty nice boost. Um, all right. What else do we have to get to from the weekend? We... we I guess we can go back to the Warriors and say that Draymond Green, he will not be retiring. Uh, He sounds like he kind of threatened to retire uh, in the midst of this suspension. Uh, He's officially no longer suspended. He's been reinstated. Uh, However, you know, he's now on this like return to play ramp up process uh, with Golden State. Doesn't sound like there's like an official date that he could be back. I I think he probably sits Wednesday. They're at home against the Pelicans and we, we should get at least some sort of update by Friday because they're heading out, on a four-game road trip. So whether or not he travels with them to Chicago, this goes Chicago, Milwaukee, Memphis, Utah. Um, I think that should give us an indication whether, one, he's available to play Friday or could return at some point during that four-game swing.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, we've gotten questions or I've seen people wonder, you know, do I pick Draymond up now? When should I pick him up? Do I wait, et cetera? To be honest, if you're in a 12-team league, I don't think you have to pick him up um he's ranked what is this 115th on the season it's possible you know last year he was 65th maybe he starts trending again in that direction uh just don't drop anybody that's like a guaranteed top 80 player for him like absolutely do not do that um but yeah what do we expect i mean maybe they ramp him up a little bit but they're still trying to win games so they gotta get him back in there he's helping them win games or keeping them in it i think i still think as as much of a problem, quote unquote, as he is, he still is a very good player, uh, who is who's crucial to the way they run offense and defense. Yep. Uh the biggest impact in fantasy might just more so be like the you know, fewer minutes for Kaminga, or maybe Kaminga gets traded after he complained to, to Shams about his role. So yeah.
1: Well, what about Trace Jackson Davis? I mean, let's say Draymond's back Friday. Yeah. Are you, are you dropping him if you picked him up in a deeper league?
2: I would wait. I would wait just because I think, I think there's a like I, Steve Kerr loves Kevon Looney, but Looney has just not been that good this year. And I just think there's a chance that Trace Jackson Davis has almost just usurped Looney in the rotation. I don't know if Looney's going to start getting DMPs, but Jackson Davis looks pretty good. He's very athletic, gives them a new dynamic. They can lob it to him. Um, I would hang on and just see what the minutes do. I wouldn't, I wouldn't preemptively drop uh TJD. All
1: right. Keep the questions coming in the chat. We will hit those in a bit. Uh, we we got to take care of some business. We got to talk some waiver wire, and then we will go rapid fire through those questions. So we, we see them, we acknowledge them. We will answer all of those uh, as the podcast goes along. Uh, let's do waiver wire, Alex. Um, a- any major ads for you, whether it was in your NFBKC stake, any of your other big time leaks?
2: I I didn't have any major ads this week. Um, I felt like it's kind of slim pickings for the waiver wire. I will say one move I did make in the 16-team league. So it's a deep move. I I grabbed Dennis Smith Jr. uh, off the Brooklyn Nets.
1: I saw that, Uh, and I wish I would have done the same. I like that.
2: I have had him on my watch list for a long time and trying to find a way to get him on my roster. Um, I wrote about him in an article, I can't remember when, uh, maybe like a month ago, him and De'Ron Sharp. Just being like, hey, if you're in a 16 team league, you gotta look at these guys. But yeah, he's kind of stealing minutes from uh, from Spencer Dinwiddie, yeah. and he had a 10 point, 10 assist outing against Portland yesterday. Went for 13, 12, and 7 with two steals the the game before. Uh, just all season has been has been pretty good. So if you're in a deep league, I think you it, it's someone to wor- worth looking at basically.
1: No, I think you're totally right. I, I wish I would have bid more for him in the stake league. That's a 16 teamer, for reference. So you know, if you're in a 12 teamer, maybe you're not quite thinking about this. But last six games for Dennis Smith: 10 points, four and a half rebounds, six assists, one and a half steals. Ultimately, I, I think that's what you're chasing most. He's not going to give you really anything from three. Like that's just uh, that might just never come. You know, you're hoping for mid to low 40s field goal percentage. I think you can live with that. And you know, obviously, Dennis Smith had a, a decent run at times last year. As well as a member of the Charlotte Hornets. I mean, in his mm-hmm. 15 starts with Charlotte, he averaged 11 points, four and a half rebounds, seven assists, almost two steals per game. I mean, he, he was putting up major, major steal numbers, had a couple, you know, three, four, five, six steal games in that span. Again, three pointers, negligible. You know, if he, if he just gives you one, you're happy with that and you're, you're hoping it doesn't drag the field goal or the, yeah, the field goal percentage down too much. But I like that one quite a bit. I was I was relatively quiet uh, in in most of my leagues as well. It was very very slim pickings uh, in in the uh, stake league this week. I did pick up Cody Martin, uh, not oh, Caleb yeah. Martin, Cody sure. Martin, who after what what like a year and a half is finally back. He's now played what seven games in a row. Uh, you know, missed a ton of time. The, the, the Hornets were super super vague. They kind of went week to week for like seventy weeks in a row. Uh, but he's now started the last two games. Obviously Gordon Hayward. Is injured. They've had guys banged up all over the roster. Uh, you know, P.J. Washington has missed time. Obviously, Mark Williams, who we'll talk about in a bit, he's missed time. LaMelo uh, should be coming back soon, by the way. We got a very positive LaMelo update over the weekend. Went through a full practice yesterday. He could be back in the next week or two. Uh, either way, I think you kind of forget, Cody Martin was a pretty big piece for this team when he was last healthy. We're talking 21-22, but he was playing 26, 27 minutes. He was in the rotation every single night. He was starting every now and then. I think there might be a week or two where he's viable. Once Gordon Hayward comes back, we'll see, you know, if he's playing 20 to 25 minutes a night, probably not, but you know, he's played 69 combined minutes over the last two games.
2: He, uh, he made my risers and fallers column that I wrote the other day. Um, mostly just for like rising up out of a, out of a seat and playing NBA basketball, but (laughs) he's literally uh, rising. Yes. Yes. Uh, yeah. I mean, he, he ranked, what was this two years ago? 21, 22, he ranked 169th in eight cap, which is obviously not, you know, that's not amazing. But if you're in a league as deep as 14 or 16, like we're talking about, mm-hmm. very startable on four game weeks uh, in this situation. And yeah, we don't really know what's going to happen with Hayward and the, the whole roster is banged up. You know, we don't necessarily have clarity a lot on like what the Hornets are even up to in general. Like they keep lying about the Mark Williams injury report. They finally, you know, I had a, I, I can't remember what pod I was on. I think it was Friday. Uh, You know they had listed Mark Williams as doubtful for like eight straight games or whatever, and then they finally said uh, Mark Williams is out. Uh, And I was joking with Ken and Shang, and I'm like, "Oh, so he's done for the year," is what they're saying. Uh, Which is, it's not. That's not really the case. But I, that's the, that's how bad. That's how I, that's how I gauge the Charlotte Hornets injury report. Uh, But that's a long way of saying yes, Cody Martin is a fine ad in 16 team leagues.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't feel great about it. He is not guard eligible in ESPN. Um, so I don't even think I'm going to be able to get him into my lineup this week. Oh. Um, I, I kind of have to, I have to choose between him and Kevin Love this week. And again, this is 16 Ooh. team, pretty deep league. And uh, Kevin Love's been playing really well, man. And, and Jimmy Butler's going to miss at least one more game. The Heat have a couple other guys yeah. banged up, and I, I'm also specifically targeting rebounds right now oh, yeah, more than anything else. This. So yeah. yeah, I mean it's it, it's it's not like you're super fired up about either option, but that's a decision that I'm going to have to make in the next three hours.
2: I would just go with love. You never know. He's still, he's still. He had a 14 rebound performance in 28 minutes against the Lakers right. the other day. Like, you never know.
1: Yeah, I mean, Jimmy Butler. Like I said, we already know he's going to miss at least one game to begin the week. Could be more. And Caleb Martin is doubtful uh, for their next game as well. So that's that's part of the thinking on that decision. I I don't think I did anything else in that league. I, I do still have Delon Wright there. Who okay. Just just banking it on the steals. You know, he's going he's gonna to give you like one to three steals, it feels like, every night. Probably not going to do anything else. But I'm essentially punting assists in that league. So, you know, that's whatever. I don't really care what he gives me there. Just looking at steals. In NFBKC, it was a very quiet week overall. I think there were only seven claims in my entire league. I finally dropped Mitchell Robinson, who I've been trying to drop for three weeks. And nothing has been successful. So he's finally off the team. Uh, picked up Norman Powell. You know, just needed another guard. Nothing crazy there the other pickups were Harrison Barnes uh, and somebody dropped Chris Paul to pick up Harrison Barnes which is interesting. interesting um Simone Fontecchio Derek Jones was picked up Cody Martin Santi Aldama and Duop Reith. Uh, kind of surprised Derrick Jones was out there to be honest that was somebody that I was in on and didn't get
2: yeah my in in my league it looks pretty much the same someone uh added Josh Hart at the very top for for 94 uh it's, that's kind of crazy in my opinion but do what you got to do um yeah, Cody Martin and Fontecchio both in there. Yeah, those guys, I mean Fontecchio, I, I I have he's one of those guys where he feels like a uh oh man, who is that guy that used to play for uh, the Nets during like their tanking era? I'm gonna I'm gonna be literally anybody. I can you know. give me more descriptors? He's a, he's just a wingy white guy from Russia. I think the Bucks had him uh oh, for a man. minute. Uh but White then he, wing from Russia. I'll I'll have to look it up, but okay, yeah, Fontecchio. It's just they're giving him minutes. I mean, if he's going to play as much as he's been playing, he's a steals and threes guys, right? Right now, like there's always room for that on a uh, in a category league. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, the wreath ad is is fine with with Aiton. Who knows how long he's going to miss? But wreaths put up numbers. I can't really argue with that.
1: Now now you got me looking at old Nets rosters uh, like Sergei Karasev. Uh, that comes uh, to mind. No, I don't think he ever but, really played enough.
2: Oh oh oh. Rodion's Kourouks.
1: Oh, yes. You're right. right. Wow.
2: Yeah, he's giving me Kourouks, Kourouks vibes. Uh, Fontecchio. Oh, yeah. I should. Sorry. He's not from Russia. I got he's right. from Latvia. I'm sorry. Um, but yes, little Kourouks vibes.
1: Okay. okay. Yeah, fair enough. Um, yeah, that's about it, I think, in terms of notable ads in, in the stake league. I'm trying to see who the, the highest value ad was this week. I mean, Shannon added Precious Achua. No major. Shannon's issue like there. a Achua
2: guy. Yeah. So he is.
1: Yeah, it is what you yeah, know, it is what it is. Some people are a chew some people aren't. Uh Larry Nance was added. Um, Amen Thompson was dropped for that. Um somebody picked up Bismack by Albo for 10 bucks out of a hundred dollar budget.
2: I saw Grizzlies fans complaining on Twitter about Bismack, but yeah. um, you know, I mean they they keep like they started Tillman and then they played him barely at all. It's like I I don't really know what to make of that situation, but if you need, like, if you need rebounds and you're, again, this is a 16 team league, you need rebounds. They, I don't know how many games they play this week. If they play four, I, it's pretty defensible. Mm-hmm. Plus at this point, I mean, I don't know about you. I have like $80 of fab left and the league ends in a couple months. So it's like, I right. you, you got to start emptying the clip at some point.
1: Yeah, I don't I don't know that the like you know mega waiver wire ad is is coming down the pike at any point. Like it's not it's not like the NFL where you know Nick Chubb goes down and then there's oh Jerome Ford, this very clear guy who's gonna start every single week. I think you know most of those guys tend to emerge over the first three or four weeks. The the, the one other guy I want to touch on, and I, I was in on him at stake. I did not I did not win him, uh, partially because he also went for ten bucks. Can't believe we're saying this, Goga Batadze. I think he's the guy I want right now in Orlando. I, I'm, I'm done with Wendell Carter. I went and grabbed him in a few leagues a couple of weeks ago when he was on the way back. You know, the, the knee issues kind of cropped back up. He's missed three of the last six games. And even when he's been out there, just has not, not looked anything like his, his former self whatsoever. And, you know, even if he starts when healthy, which he has not started the last three games he's played, Batante's been way more way more productive. And I, I don't think, you know, Wendell Carter to me needs close to 30 minutes to give you what you're expecting. And I think Batate's shown that he, if he plays in the low 20s, like he could still he can still be, you know, a four week or four game starter in a 16 team league.
2: I uh is one of my I, I feel like I've been a Batate guy for far too long. Like since he yeah. got drafted, I'm like, what's I don't think I give this guy more minutes? And it's weird how like five years later, Wendell Carter is the one who like can't stay who can't get on the floor and, and play well. But yeah, I mean they're if they're gonna continue starting him and Wendell Carter is not gonna play that well, like. I don't think the magic, like the magic, um, relatively speaking, you know, I mean, they gave up a decent amount for Carter, uh, in terms of like giving up Vucevic, who's, who's a good player and and was good for them. But like, they don't have so much investing in Wendell Carter. They're like, we have to play this guy 32 minutes a game. This has to work out. Um, I think, I think they're just going to, they're trying to win games. They're going to play whoever's helping them win games. They're actually not, they're not as much in development development mode is, I think people sort of assume they are. Speaking
1: of winning games, we are brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. And Underdog Fantasy is the number one platform for games, such as NBA best ball and DFS player pick contests. If you have not tried Underdog yet, new users get a first-time deposit bonus up to 100 bucks That's $100 in, in free play, basically. They will match at Underdog. You also get a free six-month subscription to our site, rotowire.com. All you got to do, type in the promo code, R-W-N-B-A, all one word, um, just R-W-N-B-A. Again, that is R-W-N-B-A. Visit underdogfantasy.com or you could download their app. It's fantastic. One of the better user interfaces that you're going to see uh, in a Pick'em or DFS app. And again, use that code R-W-N-B-A to claim your free Rotowire subscription and get that deposit bonus. All right, let's get to some of the questions in the chat. Again, if you're watching a long live, throw questions in there. We will start mowing through those. Uh, We've got another 20, 30 minutes to play with here, so we'll hit as many uh, as come through the chat. Johnny said, what's up, fellas? What's up, Johnny? Welcome back to the stream. What is the story with Mark Williams? Do we have any insight? Yeah, we kind of hit on this when we were talking about Charlotte. I mean, they've had so many injuries that we're keeping an eye on. Gordon Hayward, P.J. Washington has missed time lately. Obviously, LaMelo, uh, who should be back soon if you missed that earlier. I mean, Mark Williams... He's been out since December 8th. That was the last time we've seen him. So exactly a month ago, no clear timetable. Uh, that's according to Rod Boone of the Charlotte Observer, who's covered the team for a long time. Lower back contusion is all we're saying. I mean, bruise lower back, if that's really what it is, you know, it doesn't seem like it should be that long of an issue. Or you you kind of wonder if there's something else going on there. Uh, but at least we, we finally have the no clear timetable as opposed to just day-to-day, which was super frustrating if you're a manager in weekly leagues.
2: He sat 12 straight games while being listed as doubtful. Um, you know, uh, Hornets continuing to make a mockery of the NBA's injury reporting guidelines. I think, uh, look, it, it's our latest note. Um, you know, Rod Boone of the Charlotte observer said that he's at, been doing pregame work. Now that could just mean a layup line and some like stretching. So he hasn't actually been at practice yet. Um, I don't think you can start projecting him to come back at any point until he starts participating in practice in any respect. This is how we also judge guys like Ben Simmons. It's Like, well, when's Ben Simmons expected to be back? Well, I'm not going to even start thinking about it until he starts playing like three-on-three practice and probably not even then. So like Mark Williams, he's not – it's not the same type of guy in terms of that injury history, but it's the same – you have to have the same mindset. So like keep playing Nick Richards.
1: All right. Dennis says Lou Dort or Aaron Neesmith looking for a streamer for tonight's slate. We have six games. Um, I got to be honest, I'm going to be pretty locked in on the college football uh, championship game, Washington and Michigan. But uh, six games on the NBA slate tonight. Uh, So Neesmith is home for the Boston Celtics. Lou Dort and the Thunder, they are on the road at Washington.
2: Um, I view these guys pretty equally, but I will say the matchup definitely favors uh, OKC. In terms of just like, what are the chances, you know, because both these guys are going to get their steals and their rebounds here and there, but what are the chances the guy pops off for 20 points? And I think if you're Lou Dort against the Washington Wizards, there's a better chance you're also popping off for 20 points instead of being Aaron Neesmith against the Celtics. Unless you really, really deeply believe in the uh, revenge narrative against Boston.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, this this is tough for me. I It's really, really close. I think I might lean Neesmith as of right now. And you know, hopefully you could take this decision closer to game time because Bruce Brown is questionable tonight. And I think if Bruce Brown doesn't play, that, that's obviously huge for Neesmith. You know, I, I think that could mean a boost in minutes. And you know, obviously there's the potential for that one to turn into a blowout, perhaps in Boston's favor. Uh, but I, I think Indy can hang around. They're at home. And you know Neesmith has been the better steals producer. Of late, uh, obviously, you know, you're looking for threes there as well. The three-point shooting has been down, but you know you have that seven three-pointer game against the Knicks uh, at the end of December. So very comparable players you know, in a one-game scenario. Obviously, it could go either way, but if, if Bruce Brown doesn't play, I think I would lean toward toward Neesmith in that spot. All right, Chad says, hey guys, is Andre Jackson rookie for the Bucks? Is he purely relegated to add when Middleton misses time or is there a path for him to regain a role Good question here. Obviously, the Bucks are, are kind of waiting for somebody to emerge. I was hoping that would be Marion Bochamp, and you know that's he, he's, he's shown it in spurts, but obviously, has not taken a huge step forward in year two. Andre Jackson, second round pick out of UConn, I, I would I would say probably stay away from Jackson. I mean, I, I guess if you know if Middleton were to miss like a stretch of time, sure, you know then then you could talk me into it. But I, I think Andre Jackson, the Bucks love him. He is a much more effective real life player than fantasy player.
2: He is one hundred percent. Yes, yeah, so a real-life guy who's out there for his wing defense. Mm-hmm. And um, because per 36, he still only averages 9, 6, and 3 with a steal. Um, so even if it was the best-case scenario for him, it's he's barely going to be fantasy-relevant in, like, 12-team mm-hmm. leagues, if, if even, like, 14-team leagues. So, yeah, it's a stay away.
1: Yeah. Definitely a stay away in 12 team for me, you know, 14, 16. Then it it just kind of depends who's out there. Even then just not super appealing. I think you could probably find a better option. Uh, Derek says, who's the better ad between Goga and Nick Richards for the short term slash long-term value need someone to replace Mark Williams while he's on
2: IL. Uh, Well, I think Goga, you're probably, you might get the best of both worlds. I think Richards, Richards has, He's, I think his ceiling games are going to be higher, but the Wizards, are uh, the Magic, excuse me, clearly like Batatse as like a long term guy, you know, once assuming Mark Richards comes back, which it seems like he will, then Richards is going to go back to playing backup minutes. But I think it's possible Batatze starts and plays 20 to 30 minutes every game for the rest mm-hmm. of the year. I would
1: say in the extremely short term, I would go Richards because PJ Washington's out for at least one game. And, you know, we'll see if that extends. You know, I think Richards for this week, perhaps. But if you're talking short to middle term, like like here to the All-Star break, then give me Batonze. Because we also don't know on Mark Williams. Like, he, you know, he could be back in a week for all we know. It's, it's, it's allegedly a bruised lower back. I have no idea what's going on there. Uh, but no, I, I think you're right. We, we talked a little bit about Batonze earlier. I mean, he's started – What like 75 80 percent of their games so far this season we don't trust wendell carter whatsoever um you know he's been he's been the better shot blocker as well i think there's you know maybe a a little bit of a a fallacy with richards that he has the shot blocking upside like with richards you're more looking for the field goal percentage low end points rebounds um and you know over his last like six seven games when he's played big minutes he's barely averaging over a block per game whereas you know goga batadze in the 25 games he started this season 8.6 8.6 points, 7.3 boards, 1.9 blocks. So I think if you're after the block specifically, I would go Batanze.
2: And has always been a good shot blocker. Yeah. Like as a sophomore, he played 13 minutes a game and blocked a shot and a half. So uh, yeah, that should stick.
1: Kevin asks, have you guys heard anything on Cade Cunningham? I have not heard anything beyond what you know the greater fantasy public has heard. And that is that he, you know, he left last night's game with a left knee strain. Usually not good, uh, especially for a team that has nothing to play for. You know, they, they have a back-to-back just to, to begin the week tomorrow and Wednesday. Uh, Sacramento and San Antonio, both of those are home games. They play Houston at home on Friday. Uh, the fact that they don't play today means we, we maybe won't get an update until either later today or, or perhaps tomorrow morning. Would not be surprised at all if he, if he misses some time. Again, considering where the Pistons are at here, right? I don't think we need to rehash that.
2: Yeah, um, we just don't have that much more info. I mean – the only thing I can kind of offer is like strain versus sprain strain is a damage to the muscle sprain is a damage to the ligaments. He has a strain in general. It's hard to say in general, which is worse because it's all degrees. You know, people talk about like a grade three ankle sprain versus a grade one ankle sprain. It's kind of the same with strain versus sprain. So it's a muscle issue. Uh, which young players can generally return from sooner than older players, but we just don't know to what degree, you know?
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, no real update is is kind of what we, we can't really speculate. Um, you know, Detroit has not released any information that that we have that, that nobody else does. Uh, Derek says, looking to round out my punt assist 12-team, 9 cat team, would you recommend Pajemski or Caruso for the rest of season? So again, 12-team, 9-category league, he's punting assist Pajemski or Caruso.
2: I think I would go Pajemski. I think he has more Well, first of all, he's hurt less. Um, you can't look at Alex Caruso's game logs and find a stretch of like 9 games where he stayed healthy for the past like 2 seasons. I mean, yeah. seriously, go back no, right, to the year right. before, the year like so that worries me. And also like yes, Caruso is a better steals producer than Pajemski, but Pajemski is not bad steals. Like 1.8 steal rate. Uh, per 36 minutes, he averages 1.5 steals and he might, for the rest of the season, he might be playing, you know, 20 to 30 minutes a game. So I, I would rather have pods.
1: I lean that way too, more upside. And, you know, there, there also could be a a significant change in team context for Caruso coming at some point too, which could be positive, could be negative. Probably most likely that it's a net neutral. Um, but yeah, I, I would lead Pajemski for, for the upside, uh, T, Says any LaMelo ball updates? Uh, yeah, if you're just tuning in, you know, we've touched on this a little bit. Um, you know, obviously, check out our news feed over at rotowire.com A good deal that is not behind the paywall, so you can get all your your fantasy news there. We have good news on LaMelo ball, who uh, has not played since November 26th. My NFBKC team is rejoicing after he put in a full practice on Sunday, did some five on five scrimmaging as well. Uh, all indications he's not going to play tonight against Chicago. I'd be surprised if he's out there Wednesday against Sacramento, but uh, they begin a three-game road trip on Friday, starting with the Spurs. Uh, They're then at Miami Sunday, at New Orleans Wednesday. Um, So, you know, like Draymond, like we were saying earlier, I think if he travels with the team on Friday, that is a great, great indication. Obviously, there's still a chance, you know, he could play Wednesday against the Kings. uh, But I think we're probably looking at, you know, barring some sort of setback, maybe one more week without LaMelo. I'll say I'm not putting him in my lineup to start the week at the NFPKC.
2: Yeah, I mean, once a guy starts practicing five-on-five, five, I would consider, like, a week to be a fine, like, just in your own head, like, estimated. Like, if he's back by next Monday, that that mm-hmm. seems about right. It's always, like, three days would be the short end. Ten days would be the long end of that timetable. So he should be back soon.
1: All right. Jay Sizzle says, I wanted to drop Malik Monk for Shaden Sharp in a 9-cat, 10-team, head-to-head mm-hmm. league. Is that a good move? So drop Malik Monk and pick up Shade and Sharp.
2: Uh, I don't think I would do that. I um, I, I want to double check, but no, I wouldn't do that. I've kind of been out on Sharp all year. Mm-hmm. Um, when everyone's healthy for them, he's just like only a points guy, like points and threes. He doesn't really, I, I don't know. Like when everyone's healthy, he just is not like a playmaker for them. And Monk. Monk's going to give you the the, the stats that are way harder to find off the waiver wire. Um, The past 15 games for Monk, he's averaging 15 points and six assists, which is way more valuable than like Shagan and Sharp averaging 20 points and three assists. So I would I would lean on Monk, especially since they like the Kings are just done with Herder, it feels like, you know, so they're just going to give Monk a ton of minutes the rest of the year.
1: Yeah, Malik Bunk's basically, you know, right at rank 100 over the last uh, month or so. You know, he had that big 37 point game last week. That that's doing some work. I mean, he's he's very up and down. I, I have him in stake league, so I, I'm watching Malik Bunk just about every single night. And you know, he's usually settling in the you know 14, 15 points, give you two or three threes. You know, the assists have actually been really consistent this year. And um, you know, again, I'm, I'm kind of punting assists in that league, so that doesn't really matter. But I would. I would still lean Monk. I, I think there's a chance later in the year that Shaden Sharp, you know, goes back to playing like 36 minutes a night. But I think on balance, you're, you're going to want Malik Monk. I mean, he's just, he's been a better fantasy asset, even if Shaden Sharp maybe has more upside long-term. Um, all right. Is Alec Burks worth a pickup? I'll, I'll tell you, I, I clicked through Alec Burks. I know he was picked up by somebody. I think it was Steve Belanda in the the RotoWire Stake League this weekend. If you're in a points league, maybe. I think I would consider that. I mean, Alec Burks has been a kind of a disaster in terms of field goal percentage. He's at like 37% on the year. I know lately he's been a lot better. Last seven games, 17 points on 47% shooting. You know, he's given you over three three three-pointers per game. I still think I'm probably staying away in category leagues. I I just, I don't really trust. We've seen multiple Pistons, you know, have like a great two-week run and then just fall off a cliff minutes-wise.
2: Yeah, I think it's, uh, look, i 16 team league like we're talking about go ahead you know like if a guy's hot they're playing him a decent amount of minutes just go for it like we know burks can put up numbers um 14 team league to me he's more of like a streamer even at 16 team league he's more like a streamer but yeah it's, it's a points league thing for the most part um yeah i don't i don't i don't really know what the pistons are up to to be honest their rotation changes all the time and he's a veteran on a team that's horrible so he could get benched or traded or fake injury or just minutes pulled. It's just really variable.
1: Yeah, hard to get excited about Alec Burks, but you know, again, in a deeper league, I think there's some some upside there. Uh, all right, GZ Hoop Diary says, any word on any of the Suns playing the back to back tonight? That is a good question. Phoenix, of course, was in action last night, home against Memphis, ended up losing that game, one twenty one to one fifteen. They are now at the L.A. Clippers tonight. Um, you know, Kevin Durant, as of right now, uh, I I believe he's, we have a marked potential rest, but there hasn't really been an indication. I don't, is he on the injury report?
2: I don't think he's on the injury report because if they, when the teams play the night before, they don't have to release their injury report until later in the afternoon. We may actually get an update in like six minutes from them because they, the injury reports always release, um, basically like on the half hour mark. Mm -hmm. Uh, so yeah, within the next hour, we should get word on at least a, an official status.
1: I think Durant is the one I would worry about. I mean, he's played in back-to-backs when healthy this season. So it's not like that's been a trend, but obviously missed time before before making his return. So that's something to monitor. There's been, to, to answer the question very literally, there's been no indication that, you know, Beal or or Devin Booker could sit. And Beal, Beal did play in a back-to-back. Uh, it was his second and third game back from the latest absence. That would have been uh, New Year's Eve and New Year's Day. He played in both halves. So unless he you know picks up it up last night, I think those guys should probably be good to go. Um, all right. Musk Tusk says, Levine's questionable again. Now shoulder soreness. What the hell? What the <laughs> hell,
2: Alex? What the hell? Um, I, you know, I don't, I don't really have any, I don't have any insight on that. It is frustrating. Um, maybe that was it. You know, maybe it's like, hey, well, he, he, look, he's healthy. All right. Or he's good. He's good we're holding him out you trade for him it'll be good no i don't know i it's just annoying
1: well he did go from probable to questionable which is interesting you know it's one thing to just throw the the anthony davis lebron you know questionable tag out there as like a phantom designation but i think when you go from probable to questionable uh you know that's something to monitor i but yeah i don't know maybe just shoulder was a little sore from from chucking up shots for the first time in a while i have no idea i mean he played 30 minutes off the bench i don't think he's going to continue to come off the bench i'd be surprised you know if he plays in their next game, if it's, if it's not back in the starting lineup, obviously they are in action tonight at Charlotte. So we should get some word on him, but my guess is it's nothing too serious. You know, I I think teams, teams tend to err on the side of caution these days. I think the NBA kind of like spooked them into that a few years ago. Um, You know, the the injury reports are just more extensive than they used to be. And there's, there's really been no kind of indication how serious that is. Um, All right. Point blank. Mish uh, says thoughts on Lillard's shooting slump at the moment. Touched on this in the in the intro. I mean, I have him in the Stake League. It's, it's been super frustrating. You know, it, it, I would I would love to, you know, have somebody like, like an SGA, you know, where you're just like every single night he's out there. Worst case scenario, you're getting like 25, 7, and 7. And, yeah. you know, Lillard on balance has been totally fine. You know, the season-long averages look good. Obviously, he's been like 25% from three over his last seven or eight games. He's gone through these slumps before. Um, I actually looked it up the other day because I was like out of frustration. I'm like, I feel like he's had more like really bad games this year than ever before. So I just searched like how many games has he shot under forty percent from the field, and he's he's only really like one or two games ahead of his normal pace as far as how many of those down games he has. So I think it's a case of me and probably the public just paying more attention to Lillard's stat line night to night than we were when he was on a five hundred team in Portland.
2: Yeah, that too, and plus, I mean, he's um, you know he's taking like three, four fewer shots per game, fewer free throws, fewer threes. So like when Lillard was in Portland and he shot 40% from the field, he'd still score like 25 points, 24 points. And then he'd and then he'd get hot and he'd score like 40. But then in Milwaukee now, it's like he has a bad game. He scores 18. Um, and then people are like, anytime someone sees a number under 20, they're like, horrible game. This guy's, you know, like it brings yeah. a ton of attention to a, a a star player. So I think it's a mini slump. I know he's going through personal stuff. He's out for tonight's game. So maybe that's, maybe things have been on his mind.
1: Yeah, the the dreaded personal absence. And yeah, going into a four-game week, if you got to lock him in tonight, that's tough. But I, I think I'll probably end up doing that by default. Uh, all right, Chad, another question says, Grant Williams has been effective when healthy, which hasn't been that often. Are the Mavs actively shopping to upgrade him or is it just Siakam because it's Siakam?
2: Um, I mean, I don't... I, I've been like off Grant Williams. I was begging people to sell high in Grant Williams at the beginning of the year um i don't know i mean past how many games is this 14 games he's averaging seven points 1.2 threes i mean he's not doing anything in fantasy um i would if i was the mavs i'd be looking to upgrade him um but i don't uh i don't know i i just if i were them i'd want siakam i'd be happy trading grant williams for siakam get a third star in there
1: yeah yeah, I think you said it. I mean, I, I was actually kind of high on Grant Williams, relatively speaking. Like I took him at the end of a bunch of drafts thinking, you know, some of the permitted stuff in Boston was encouraging, you know, he should be in a, a more consistent role. I, I don't know. I, I would argue that even when healthy has been pretty underwhelming, you know, if you look at his last 14 games, seven points, four rebounds, not really giving you much on, on defense, you know, only 1.2 made threes, pretty low volume, and that's on over 26 minutes a night. So I'm just, just not really all that excited about yeah. him.
2: I, uh, I haven't looked at the Mavericks on off-court uh, this season. He is minus 16 per 100 possessions. Uh, not good. That's Wow, that is not good. I thought he was going to be better than that. I mean, I think he is a better real-life player than fantasy player, but uh, apparently things are not going that well when he's out there. So I don't know. All right, good question from Mish. He says,
1: are we projecting a big hit for Rozier when the mellow ball comes back, or does that make Rozier
2: better? Yeah, we we this is a question at the beginning of this year because Rozier play field goal percentage was down for Rozier last year when uh, when Lamelo was out. Um, I think he'll take a small hit. I mean, just based on the numbers this season, uh, in games that Lamelo has missed, Rozier is averaging eight more fantasy points per game. So he goes from thirty six with Lamelo to forty four without Lamelo. So yes, I mean, just from a raw stats perspective, you probably should expect. a a fairly sizable hit to Rozier.
1: Yeah. I mean, Rozier has been in eight category leagues. He's been a top 25 player without LaMelo this season. I just, I don't think that continues, you know, like he's not there. LaMelo is going to be, you know, when healthy, the eighth to 12th best fantasy player. I don't think there's room for two Charlotte Hornets in the top 25. So (laughs) I I don't think it's like a massive hit, you know, like he's still obviously very viable and you're starting him every week, but no, he's not, he's not going to continue to be a top 25 asset once LaMelo comes back. Uh all right. I got Jimmy Butler for Vassell. Is this a win? Yes, I think.
2: This is an interesting trade because Butler just can't stay healthy. Right. Um, so it's I, to me, it's just this is a very classic like health for you know, like a vassell has been healthy all year. He's playing better lately. Uh is it a win to be determined? Let's say that. Uh, I think. If, if Butler basically plays, you know, 90% of the games the rest of the year, I think you probably win. Um, but I, w- I would be a little worried about the injuries. It's possible this just ends up being a very, like, uh, even trade at the end of yeah. the day.
1: Yeah, I, it's a really interesting one because obviously Butler's the better player. But, you know, tonight's going to be, I think, his eighth absence in the last nine games. They're still kind of going game to game with him. You know, could be more. Who knows? Uh, and obviously Miami is, is in a position where they'll be you'd think more careful with him. Whereas San Antonio has no, no reason not to throw the cell minutes the rest of the way. So yeah, I mean, I, I again it, it. This is a trade that I would make if I'm like doing really well in a league and you're like, oh, I just want to you know kind of, kind of add some more upside here. Um, you know, if you're, if you're kind of somebody who's dropping in the standings because Jimmy Butler has been out of your lineup and you need instant production to stay alive, then yeah, I, I see both sides of that. All right. Chris Michael P says, is Cam Thomas not worth holding anymore? Uh, this is a, this is a good one. I mean, he's, Went on. A uh, few people could score at the rate that Cam Thomas could score. I think the Nets are are kind of onto his tricks of late and are starting to reduce his minutes and realize that he may not be a winning player. You know, he had a string of like, you know, 15 straight starts through most of December. He's now come off the bench in six straight, averaging 21 and a half minutes per game in that span. Shooting percentage is way down both from three and from the line and overall. Uh, You know, we talked about Dennis Smith, you know, sneaking his way into more minutes. It's cut into Dinwiddie a little bit, but it really has come more out of Cam Thomas.
2: Yeah, he, um, all he really does out there is score. He doesn't get his teammates involved. He doesn't play defense. I I try not to reference on off like all the time because people just Mm -hmm. don't want to hear that. And it it can be deceptive, you know, like you look at like Zeke Nagy's on off and it makes him look like he's the worst player in the world because he plays when Jokic doesn't play uh but camp thomas is minus 12 he has the worst on off on the nets and he's not playing that well right now uh the team in general hasn't played that well lately which is why i think they reduced his minutes i think you're completely fine to move on from him honestly um if you're in a 16 team league i get wanting to hang on i don't hate it but getting a standard like 12 teamer i think you just move on and just start streaming guys in
1: all right, we'll hit a few more uh before we get out of here. We've got about five more minutes or so. Uh in a ten team points league, should I drop Suggs for Trey Jones?
2: Um I don't think you have to do that necessarily. Um it's interesting that that Trey Jones is starting. He's played well in his two starts, but we saw that all of last year, right? And he averaged uh twenty nine fantasy points per game last year, basically a fantasy point per minute. So if he's going to start playing like 30 minutes consistently, like, yeah, he'll, he'll be good. But Suggs is averaging 27 fantasy points right now. Uh, and I don't think there's any reason to assume it's going to get like significantly worse. I mean, who knows about Fultz? If you really believe Fultz is going to come back and steal his minutes, uh, I guess you could maybe entertain dropping Suggs. I, I don't think this is going to like win or lose your league by doing this move. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's honestly, it's just as much like how much you believe in the individual player and how much you trust like the Spurs and Greg Popovich to not tank hard at the end of the year. That would, I guess maybe be one of my major concerns is like, what if they just stop playing all their vets and the phantom injuries at the end of next this year, like they did last year and all that stuff. It, that would, mm-hmm. that would suck.
1: Uh, all right, to go back to the Suns question real quick, we did get a, an injury report from Phoenix. Kevin Durant is probable. Booker and Beal are not on the injury report. So okay. looks like the big three should be out there tonight. All right, we'll go rapid fire through the rest of these, Alex. Uh, Do up Reith or Matisse Theibel?
2: I think we got to go Reith. Um, I
1: think for now. It, it's, it's tethered directly to DeAndre Ayton.
2: Yeah, pick up wreath now, and then when Ayton comes back, pick up Theibel later <laughs> for for kind of a deep league stream.
1: Yeah. Um, Dybul, or excuse me, Dibble, uh, Aiton could return at some point this week. They're on a three-game road trip. Billups said uh, earlier this week that maybe he plays in the next three. So keep an eye on that. But uh, Moses Brown, you know, one of their other depth pieces at center is undergoing surgery. So there, there should still be uh, a nice runway for Wreath to see minutes, even once Aiton comes back. Um, all right, we talked about uh, a similar situation involving Chris Paul earlier. Should I drop CP3 since he's injured and Draymond Green is coming back.
2: Um, you know, I've I've really preached holding on to Chris Paul throughout most of this year just because he's he's Chris Paul and he's still playing fairly well. But um, I don't hate the idea of dropping him. I think I would I would obviously if you have an IL put him in there, but like if you're in a you know, most people, most people who play fantasy playing a 10 team points league, and in a 10 team points league I think he's droppable. He's averaging like 27 fantasy points a game. He's out for he's out for a month plus. If you if you really need the spot, I think it it's acceptable to drop him. Yeah.
1: Speaking of drops, is Andre Drummond a drop <laughs> um and then the the options would be to pick up Derrick Jones or Dennis Smith and this is a 12 team nine category
2: league. I am not dropping drummond until i see vucevic play for like a week um drummond's upside is too high for you to be like dropping him the second vucevic comes back because vucevic is old and he's got a soft tissue injury a groin those get re re pulled all the time same with hamstrings so i would i would hang on to drummond right now
1: So Drummond started with with Vucevic playing off the bench in their last game. I I think that probably reverses, um, you know, tonight at Chicago's at Charlotte. Even if Drummond is playing, if he could just get to like 16 to 18 minutes, I I still think it's worth (laughs) it just for the rebounds. I mean, the the blocks have been there. He's also a high steals player. Like, you don't really think about that with him. Um, You know, in a category league, you're going to have to take the hit to to free throw shooting. He did go three of 10 the other night from the line. But, I mean, we're, we're talking about a guy who in his five starts for Vucevic, Average 17.8 rebounds per game. So i as somebody who has Drummond and who also has Derek Jones in a league, I I'm not I'm not dropping Andre Drummond right now. Maybe after this week I would I would change my tune. Um, but if you're picking up one of let's say this guy does want to drop Drummond. Jones versus Dennis Smith.
2: I think to me Dennis Smith Dennis Smith has more upside. So yeah. and they're playing you know I would just prefer Smith. Smith does more stuff that's tougher to find off the waiver wire. Assists. Assists with steals. So uh yeah. I would I would prefer Smith.
1: Okay. Yeah, fair enough. I I think that's that's the way I would lean as well. If you're playing it a little safer, I think Derrick Jones, you know, is is going to give you the defensive stats, but not nearly as much. Um, you know, obviously doesn't really give you any assists compared to Smith. Uh all right, we'll hit two or three more and then we gotta be out of here. I want to trade Jason Tatum. His ankle issue is concerning me. What is his value right now? Um, yeah, I mean, it's been somewhat of a disappointing season for Tatum. You know, I always say he's like the safest first round pick you can make. He's basically been returning like mid to late second round value this season, uh, which maybe to be expected with, with the additions that Boston made this season. I still, if I'm trading him, you know, I'm, I'm not I'm not going to take a loss, right? Like I'm not going to trade him for like Terry Rozier or something like that. Like I, I'm still... I'm trying to get somebody who was going in that same range because I, I, you know, Jason Tatum is still ultra safe. You know, like he never misses games, even when you're adding, you know, three all-star talents around him. Like he still puts up big time numbers. Uh, I was actually entertaining throwing out a Dame for Tatum trade in the state league. I would would expect that to be declined, but um, you know, I I think, I think that's a, a reasonable deal.
2: I think, I think you just, like Nick said, you find somebody in the same, in the similar range, find someone in your league who needs what Tatum does like, you could probably move him for, like, Anthony Edwards. Maybe see if someone will trade you Scotty Barnes, uh, Devin Booker, um, maybe Maxi. That could end up being a slight loss. But that's, like, the, the range of guys we're talking about.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't go below that at all. Uh, I don't, you know, again, it feels like Tatum's been a little disappointing. He's still, you know, an easy top 20 guy and could be a top 15 guy the rest of the way. Um, all right, we'll end on this one from Malik is Max Struce worth dropping this week for someone like Derek Jones? Obviously the Cavs only have one game. So that's what we're looking at here. Uh, 10 team, 10 category league. Uh, He says the, the 10th category is double doubles. Uh, He could also drop Sadiq Bay instead of Max Struce. So I I think the, the crux of the question is on a one game week like this, is it penal enough to, to drop somebody like Max Struce? or, you know, can you afford to just throw him in a bench slot for a week?
2: Um, I think I would hang on to Bay. I, Base playing pretty well. You have Eason, Melton, and Lively on IL, so you need a boost for steals and blocks. Uh, I don't hate the idea of dropping Stroess to if you're going. Assuming you are going to start Derek Jones, um, you know Struess has been doing some stuff in terms of like the assist category, but his shooting has just been really bad lately. I don't know when that comes back. I think he needs other guys to set up shots for him. He's not a good shot creator himself, so. Um, I'm fine with that move. I'm I'm fine with it.
1: Yeah, I would I would expect someone to probably pick up Struess, you know, just just because of the volume three point shooting. Like even though I mean the percentages have been ghastly lately, but he's still you know last ten games it's been a, like a major downswing. He's still hitting 3.1 threes per game, uh, so there is value there, you know. Um, and I think you're totally right. I think he's actually in a roundabout way been harmed quite a bit by Bobley and Garland being out of the lineup. So yeah, if you drop him, I just wouldn't expect necessarily to get him back. Uh, it's somewhat of a risk, but obviously you can't start him on a one game week and you're in kind of a unique situation already having IL stocked up with Eason, Melton and lively. All right, that'll do it guys. We appreciate all the great questions in the chat as always makes the second half of the pod, a lot of fun. You can find this archived on YouTube. If you want to watch back, share it with your friends, go like subscribe uh, to that YouTube channel, Rotowire fantasy basketball. That helps us out a ton. You can always find our streams on the Rotowire Twitter accounts as well. And you can find the audio version of all our podcasts wherever you get your pods Spotify, Apple. Just search RotoWire Fantasy Basketball. You can check out, we got fantasy baseball pods heating up, fantasy football still going on. Uh, anything you need, just search RotoWire on YouTube, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts. Alex, fun chat with you as always, man. I'll talk to you on XM later this week, and we'll be back next Monday.
4: The headlines remind us daily the world is a dangerous place.